She brings wealth and health to her audience by tackling hot topics around substance use disorder, mental health and wellness. Her mission, vision, and goal are to help you heal from your past trauma, inspire you to transform your body, mind, and soul so you can live your best life. Your board-certified psychiatric mental health doctor, nurse practitioner, trauma care maestro, and media analyst, your life ambassador, best-selling author, TEDx talk speaker, CEO of Pool of Bethesda Psychiatric Health in Arizona. Let's all welcome Dr. Princess Fumi Hancock. Today I wanted to talk about a mental health red alert. Let me say that again. A mental health red alert. And here is the red alert. What every parent must absolutely know to save their kids, um, their children, their teenagers, their young adults from becoming part of the statistics. And when I talk about statistics, I'm talking about death statistics. So let's try to understand this a little bit. Suicide or the act of taking one's own life um, is all too common. It's all too common. Um, this is a tragic public health crisis. Can I say that again? It's a tragic public health crisis. And it is often very overwhelming for those who might be going through it, their parents, their family member. Um, suicide, as you know, is especially very tragic. Uh, but yet, it is also a preventable death. I know this because I'm not just a, a, a board-certified psychiatric uh, mental health provider, but it's something that I've went through over 25 years ago in my life to where I lost everything. I lost my home, my husband, and everything. And I thought life was over, and I tried. I used to live in New York then, and I tried to plunge my car through the Verrazano Bridge. That's another story that you can always read on um, on any of my books on Amazon. All right, so I want us to understand the act of suicide ideation. The truth is, here's the truth, uh, since the surge of COVID-19 in late 2019 till today, there has been a high number of kids from ages four, can I tell you that again? From ages four to young adults to, I mean, adults, elderly, all struggling with mental illness. Right, Many are expressing suicidal thoughts and ideation. There is an increased rate in kids self-harming themselves as well as eating disorder. I want us to pay close attention. Um, I was reading an article on Midline Plus, and it says, this is what it says. It says approximately 20% of teens will experience depression before they reach adulthood. Between 10 to 15% of teenagers have some, some sort of symptoms of anxiety, of depression at any one time. Now, when we talk about women, right, young ladies are nearly twice as likely as men to be diagnosed with depression. So depression can occur at any age. Some mood changes, right, and depressed feelings occur with normal hormonal changes. Um, let's talk a little bit more about suicidal ideation because that's what I want my focus to be on today, suicidal ideation and thought. Nearly 40%, 40,000 people in the United States die by suicide each year. You need to think about that for a second. And I believe because of, the, for, of COVID is that actually literally increased. Nearly 40,000 
people in the United States die by suicide each year. More than those who die by homicide. Men are more likely than women, which means our young teenagers are boys, right? We need to pay close attention, as well as our adults too, right? So suicide, suicide is a major preventable public health crisis in the United States. And it's amazing to me how we're also focused on COVID-19 or Omicron and all kinds of, you know, um, what do you call it? COVID that's coming out that we are not necessarily paying attention to mental health. Half the time you have 24 hours seven, uh, a lot of our media platforms and social media talking about Omicron, talking about COVID, but nobody, then out of maybe 40, you'll have maybe one throw in a little bit of mental health and just move and zoom out, right? So it is important that we now begin to look at this. In my own practice alone, I want to talk about this. In my practice alone, five out of seven that walk in to see me today, kids, teenagers, young adults, whatever you may want to call them, five, at least five out of seven who walk in are dealing with suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts. And some have actually literally attempted. Some have used all kind of stuff, which I'm not going to share here to try to complete suicide. So what does that mean? It means that we as parents must start to take extra steps in watching over our children. We can no longer take it lightly. I understand for some of us that are single mothers, we have to work, we have to do all things, but it is very sad to me when I see some of my teenagers that I see right now, and when the things that they share with me, they are very lonely. They are they are most of the times by themselves in their room. They are most of the times themselves in the whole house. And yet they begin to go through all of these emotions. They begin to experience societal thoughts and ideation with no help in sight. This recording, this recording is dedicated to the kids, to the young adults, to those that I serve in Arizona and beyond Arizona because of the telepsychiatry. They need a voice. And today, I have chosen more to be that voice. So let's talk about the causes and the risk factors that you need to keep an eye on when we talk about societal ideation, right? Sometimes it is genetic, and I'll tell you why. People that are born into families with a history of mental illness huh, or suicidal thoughts are at a higher risk of this. They tend to develop suicidal thoughts and mental illness themselves. However, genetics is not just the only thing. You also have the physical, right? Which is, it's thought that abnormally low levels of neurotransmitters, which is dopamine and serotonin. That's another topic. In addition to changes in structure and function of the brain, can and indeed will increase the risk for many mental illness. And of course, you also have the environmental factors, right? Those who are bombarded with repeated negative life events and experiences, they tend to have a lot of major stress. They are overwhelmed, right? And so they have problem coping with life. 
And so because of that, they themselves too have the tendency to develop suicidal ideations themselves. So risk factors, when you have prior history of suicide attempt, I want parents to listen clear, clear to me. When your kids have untreated mental disorder, I can tell you the number of kids that I see from um, from silent cultures like myself, from Africa, from Hispanic, you know, Spanish and all, you know, all those silent cultures where they are literally dying in secrecy. They're quiet about their mental illness because they believe that nobody will believe them. So more risk factors, family history of suicide or mental disorder. Family and domestic violence, family that has been through domestic violence and that kid has been exposed to it. Having guns in the home, you better believe it, having guns in the home at times will actually trigger things for your kids. If your kids is exposed to somebody that has been incarcerated, incarcerated, or if you are a young adult that has been incarcerated yourself, more males, right? More males tend to have it. But in the midst of pandemic right now, I'm not too sure because I see I see the girls, I see the females, and I see the males, and it almost seems like everything has become equal. So most people who are experiencing suicidal ideation, they do give warning signs, y'all. They do give warning signs. And the best way to prevent this tragedy is to recognize and act upon those warning signs that they do give it. They do. A lot of times we want to be pretend, right? A lot of times we as parents were too overwhelmed with our work. A lot of times we want to assume and pretend that these things cannot happen to our kids. But the truth is they send out warning signs. And it's important that we understand the warning signs. It's important that we understand the signs, the behavioral symptoms, to understand the physical symptoms, to understand the cognitive symptoms, to understand the psychosocial symptoms. So let me quickly run down all this for you so that if you have a kid right now, if you have a young man, young woman that is living within your home, and you are seeing all these signs, you better seek them help before it becomes too late, before they become a statistics. So when you talk about behavioral symptoms, part of it is, I'm not going to be able to go through everything for you. Part of it is they start to give away their prized possession. When you have kids that is giving away things, talking about death and dying, using phrases such as, um, I'm going to kill myself, Oh, when I'm done, right? Uh, getting their little affairs in order, saying goodbye to loved ones, obtaining items needed for suicide attempts, decreased social contact. In other words, they begin to isolate and withdraw from people. Increasing, some will increase in drug and alcohol use. That doesn't happen for everybody, but some will, all right? Then when you talk about the physical symptoms, you're talking about changes in how they eat, their eating habit, their sleeping habit, 
injuries from past suicidal attempts, like somebody trying to cut themselves, right? If they do have chronic or terminal illness like cancer, you want to keep a closer eye on that. Preoccupation with death and dying. Watching movies, you're watching them walking, watching dark movies, and just preoccupied with death and dying. The belief that dying by suicide is the only way to end that emotional pain. And when you talk about their psychosocial symptoms, you're talking about people who have become homeless, hopeless. You see that they are hopeless, not homeless, but hopeless. They could be homeless at times, but hopeless. They are self-loathing. They don't like themselves. They look in the mirror, and what they see, they do not like. Some of them are even developed psychosis. Some of them have feelings of helplessness. They're trapped just trapped by their emotional pain. Some begin to exhibit paranoia where, you know, they're looking, everything they're paranoid about. They have intense emotional pain. They're angry, very angry. When you touch them or just say good morning or something, they're very angry. Their mood swings from here to here all the time, and you can never catch them in one part because you just don't know who you are going to see that morning, right? They, they have a sudden change in their personality. Many of them go through a lot of anxiety and a lot of agitation. If all of these things that I have talked to you about today, if you are exhibiting, if your kid, if your kid, if your young adult, even if you as an adult are exhibiting this, then it is absolutely time to seek help. This is my plea to parents today. I am seeing a lot of or a lot of kids that are in so much pain right now. Kids that feel very lonely, yet their parents are in the home, but yet they feel lonely. We cannot no longer as parents say we're so busy that we are not taking the time out to figure out things with our children. So this is a plea. This is a plea. This is a mental health red alert from Dr. Princess Fumi Stephanie Hancock that what, what you as a parent must absolutely know to save your kid from becoming part of the death statistics that is rising in America and across the globe. Until next time, be inspired, be motivated, be of sentimental value, understand that you are the hero in your life story. Please write your life story. Let nobody else write it. Write it in a brilliant way, and I will talk to you to, to soon. This is Dr. Princess again, Fumi Hancock. Share the veil with Dr. Princess Fumi Sai. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Tear the Veil with Dr. Fumi. We hope you have enjoyed being a part of today's show and that we have helped you in shining. For further information, you can visit us at drfumipsychdnp.com and pobpsychiatry.com.